Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Blessed to have you with us and we pray that your experience here at One Cause Church will be one that encourages you and builds you up and uh, brings you closer to God. Amen. His, his goodness is always drawing us closer and closer. Amen. I thank God for his goodness. Aren't you grateful that it's his goodness and his kindness that leads us to repentance? It's not catastrophes and disasters and calamities, even though that might cause you to repent, but that's not from God. He's good. And he's on your side today, right now, whatever you're facing right now in this moment, whatever difficulty, whatever circumstance, let me remind you today that God loves you and he's on your side. He's on your side, and if, and if he's on your side, and he is, and if he is for you, and he is, then it doesn't matter what's against you or who's against you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Which means if he's on your side, you always have victory, because he don't lose. He don't lose. He doesn't lose. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Luke, if we could today, for the next few minutes. Uh, um, we're going to get into this chapter, Luke chapter 2, and it is the Christmas story, but I don't always like just reading this story at Christmas time. I think it's good to read this story at Christmas time, but it's not just a story for Christmas time. This is a story of God's amazing love, and from this chapter, we're going to see um, some aspects of the love of God that make His love superior than all loves than all the kind of love that we could conjure up. There's all, lev- there's all kinds of levels of love, I should say. There's, there's love for our friends. There's love for our family. And that's a different love, isn't it? The love I have for my children is a different love than I have for you. And the love you have... <laughs> Can I get a good amen on that? Or no, no. doesn't mean I don't love you. I just don't love you as much as I love my kids. Yeah. If, I, if, there, if there was a situation where I had to save one of your, your lives, I'm picking my kid. Sorry. And I would hope that you would show me the same respect and pick your child over me. All right? That's, so that's a different level of love. And, um, but God's love is superior than that. Much more superior than any love that we could, we could do, we could experience, and we could give. So we're going to look at, at, at his great love from this chapter. But uh, before we do, um, I must uh, read this to you a long, long time ago, before the invention of the wheel. The only way to uh, move things was to either carry, the, carry them, to drag them, or to push them. One day there were these primitive men watching their wives drag a dead mastodon to the food preparation area, and it was exhausting work, and the men themselves were getting tired just watching this. (laughs) Then they noticed some large, smooth, round boulders, and they got an idea. They could sit on the boulders and watch. So this was the first in a series of breakthroughs that ultimately led to television. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 7. Luke chapter 2 and verse 7 says, And she brought forth her firstborn son 
and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. If you read King James Version of the Bible, it says they were sore afraid, which means they were shaken pretty bad. <laughs> then the angel, you ever been so afraid it made you sore? <laughs> then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I want to just take a moment and park on that verse for just a second. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. And here's why you shouldn't be afraid. Because the news I'm bringing you is good news. It's good tidings of great joy. And this news is for all people. My family, listen to me. We do not bring a, a message of fear to try to get people to come to know God. We bring good tidings of great joy. All right? Not a message of fear. A message of hope. Then the angel, okay, next. Verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Wow. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men again. You hear this message coming from God through his messengers, through his angels. And the message is peace to you and goodwill toward men. This is what is in the heart of God for mankind. I love this. So it was, okay, next. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known. Did you see that? They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for this beautiful service with these beautiful people. God, it is good for us to be here in this moment. It is good for us to dwell together here in unity. It's good for us, Lord, to be here in this moment, in this place, God, to worship our God and to praise his wonderful name and to give thanks to you, God, for all the things that you are and that you do for us, God. Thank you that you have forgiven us of all of our sins. Thank you, Lord, that you do not hold our wrongdoings against us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that along with, with not only have you forgiven us, Lord, but you've also taken our sin, our shame, and our guilt away. Thank you for that, that we are free because Jesus Christ died for our sins. We are free because he was buried. We are free because he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. We're free because we believe on him today. Thank you, Lord, that we have this freedom through your salvation, through your amazing grace. And Lord, for the next few minutes, Lord, as we're here, let your word penetrate our hearts Lord, we want better understanding today. We want to know you more. We want to experience your power in our lives. We want to experience the power of your word, Lord. We're not here to just hear a good sermon, Lord, and, and, to, and to have a good feeling about this, even though those things are good. But Father, we want an experience. We want an experience with you in this moment, Lord. We want our lives enriched 
about your word. Your word says that it is life to those who find it and it is health to all of their flesh. So Lord, let your word do its thing in our lives today in Jesus' name. Spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them you look really good today. Amen. I want us to look over at verse 10 here for a moment, Luke 2, and see this first thought, this first aspect of the love of God. The angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. That's the the power of this love, that this love is unconstrainable. His love is unconstrainable, which means it breaks through every barrier of prejudice, it is for every race, every creed, every tribe, every one. God's love is for all. It knows no bounds. Thank God for that. I thank God that his love, his love came and found this white oaky. It shall be to all people. All people have the right to hear the good news. Why? Because God loves all people. Hallelujah. Not, people's actions aren't the problem. It's not the problem. And, and we got plenty of problems. <laughs> we got plenty of problems in action, in people's actions. That's not what makes people sinners. We're all born this way. So th- people who are, are living in sin or acting out these things are just going by their nature. All right? And so that's why God had to come help us because we could not help ourselves. We couldn't help it. it was our, it's just how we were. And, and, and we were all made sinners, not because of what we did, but by one man, one guy. Bless his heart. Poor Adam. I mean, can you imagine being the father of the fall of all mankind? Look at Romans chapter 5. It says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men. Because all sin, wait, because all sin, no, we didn't sin. Yeah, we did. If we're born of Adam, we all sin. In other words, we got all, all got blamed for what Adam did. Yeah. Now, is that very fair? It just doesn't, well, I didn't do nothing. I was just born. You're a sinner then. <laughs> you're a sinner because you're born. And man, that nature is in us I mean, you see it in the babies. I know they're sweet and cuddly and all that. That's great. But they don't have one care about you. If they did, they wouldn't wake up in the middle of the night and tell you to come and feed them or change them or hold them or do something. We're born with that selfish nature. Feed me, fix me, carry me right now. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care how much this inconveniences you. We see it even in the baby. We have to keep, teach our kids to say thank you because they're not just naturally going to do it. That's why the scripture says, train up a child in the way they should go. We don't just let them go. Amen. Say, We're just going to see what happens here. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's, man, whew, Lord help us. Get control of your kids. Amen. All right? Get control. Stop letting them run around the restaurants, all right, and, and thinking that that's the greatest thing because nobody else thinks that's great, all right? Contain them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Teach them what's right. 
not everything's cute. Not everything's wonderful that they do. And not all kids are smart. Some, some parents need to accept that. Amen. And not all kids are athletes. Please stop giving these coaches such a hard time. All right? They know what they're doing. I mean, they, they can see talent. Okay, anyway. How many of you still love me? Amen. Okay. I, didn't, I don't know why I went there, but some, somebody needed to hear that. Okay. All people, yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we got, this, uh, we got this sin nature just by being born. So then God, God, uh, God knew that we couldn't help ourselves. He knew that we needed a new nature. He knew we needed a new nature, and, and the only way to get that new nature, knowing that we, because of our fallen nature, could never be holy enough or, or be right with God, so then God himself, the scripture says, came in the likeness of sinful flesh. In other words, he became a man like us. He didn't sin, but he was in the likeness of sinful flesh because the scripture taught us that the wages of sin is death. So then he became flesh so that he could die the death for us so that we would never experience that. I'm not talking about death in a physical sense. I'm talking about total separation from God. And Jesus became separated from his father when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, God had forsaken his son so that we would never be forsaken. He did that so we would be forgiven of all of our sins. Thank God for that. This is an amazing love. It's a love that's unconstrained. It's for all of us. So I want to encourage you in your witness, wherever that is, your workplace, school, whatever, wherever it is that, that you are around people, especially on a regular basis, those who are regularly in their lives. Don't get intimidated or, or think that because, you know, they're, they're obstinate or because, you know, they're, they're angry or whatever those things, don't let that keep you from, from sharing the, the good news with them. Amen. Because, because really, it's those who need to hear it the most. All of us have the right to hear it. And the love of God, this unconstrainable love, compels us to go and give this message of love. Love wins in the end, and love never fails. Amen. But it pulls us, and it's interesting how the love of God pulls people. You know, once you really get a revelation, when an understanding that God loves you no matter what, yeah. and that yeah. God's love has reached all the way to you and your family and your kind your tribe, then it does something to our hearts. Either, either it, it pulls on us to, to, to minister to those around us. Some, some people get a call to go on the other side of the world. We have two such people here today that are home from the mission field, that were gone for five months, and were in Tanzania, Africa. And now Jesse and Mickey Fagan have made it home safely to us. Yeah, and they, uh, wasn't it good seeing Jesse up here on the guitar and singing this morning? Big old, big old fat thing. We're going to get you some water burgers, buddy, and get you fattened back up. But uh, 
Anyway, I asked them if they would to come and share some of their experiences there in Tanzania uh, with you this morning. So would you please give a big hand to Jesse and Mickey Fagan. Uh, thank you. We just wanted to start off by uh, thanking you guys for all your prayers. Uh, they made a difference. Uh, we could tell because where we were at uh, for outreach was one of the biggest places for malaria. Malaria can be a very harmful disease, even a deadly disease. But we knew that we were going to be protected because we had many people praying for us and that God hears your prayers. And so we, we took that on faith and and even though that our team may have gotten malaria, some of them got malaria, and some of them got typhoid, it never touched us. It never came to us because we knew that you guys were praying for us, and we knew that God would fill your prayers. And really quickly, can we give these pastors a hand? It's because of these two that we were able to minister so well, that we were able to tell people about Jesus so well. These guys have instilled the courage in us to go out and preach the gospel, to talk to people about Jesus. So thank you guys so much. Okay, so we were in Tanzania, Africa for five months. And the first three months, we were mainly training and learning the language of Swahili and the culture of the people in Tanzania. And as we were learning the culture, we discovered that um, the culture and the people, um, the way they viewed God and Christianity, it was kind of the same thing. It was two in one, um, many, many times because of the way they were treated by their fathers. Um, that's the way they viewed God. And so because of that, they, a lot of times they thought that um, they have to work really hard and do a lot of things for God to accept and to love them, even to save them. And that's, that's really what they thought. And as he mentioned, we were in Mwanza for outreach. So we got to go to many different churches and share to the people just the grace and the love that God has for you and that you don't have to do anything to receive this love. And um, even the things you do, it, it, that doesn't change, you know, the love that God has for you. And we, we saw really amazing results the time we were there, and we want to share two testimonies of our favorite time in Mwanza. This is the first picture. So um, many times we would go door to door to share the gospel, and this one time, this man and these kids were, we walked up to the house, and they were sweeping, and, you know, we introduced ourselves, told him why we're here, and he, he let us know that he was a devout Muslim, but he was very interested in what we had to say. So he ran inside, grabbed five wooden chairs, placed them outside under a tree. So <laughs> we began to share the gospel with him and who Jesus was. And he just sat there listening. And when we finished, we could just see his countenance had changed. And he told us that, you know, I've been waiting many, many years for you guys to come because um, for years now, I've been trying to decide, should I give my life to Jesus? So um, he told us that he, he would tell Jesus, I will give my life to you if you bring people to my house and to tell me about you. So at that moment, in front of his wife and his, all, all his children, he just got down on his knees and gave his life to Jesus. And it was amazing, amazing, amazing. 
And a few days later, we were able to find a Bible in Swahili, which is really difficult in that region. And we went back to his house and gave it to him. And many days after, he would keep calling us and saying, hey, I read the Bible today. I even went to church today. And we can just see his life completely changed. So thank you so much for your prayers on that. And we can go to the next picture. So in Mwanza, there are many orphans. And we were able to minister to several different orphanages. This is one of our favorite ones. If you can go to the next picture. So this particular orphanage, the man started for kids that had HIV and AIDS. And this time, Jesse preached about healing that day. And of course, at the end, we wanted to pray for them. And we were just amazed that every kid came up to receive prayer because they all needed healing. And we received amazing results afterwards. We, we had the kids raise their hand if they received healing. And there was probably 20 to 25 kids that received complete healing that day. And it was just amazing. Um, you, you can keep going to the next picture. And also, um, many, many people in Mwanza, even Christians, they depend on witch doctors for healing. So they'll go to witch doctors and practice witchcraft. And this particular family, this, they were all witch doctors. And that day, they also all gave their lives to Jesus. So, so you can keep going. Thank you. And... Our very favorite thing about Tanzania were the kids. We got to do a lot of children's ministry. Many times a herd of cows would come through the, come through the children's ministry and it'd be completely normal. <laughs> so, yeah, you can keep going. So, um, I mentioned in the first service that when we would have crusades, hundreds of people would come, but like 80% of them would be kids. But every church we went to, the pastors would always say to the kids, you can't be here, you're a distraction, go somewhere else. So we would just always um, pull the kids aside and do some children's ministry. And we were just amazed because a lot of the times the kids had never heard the name of Jesus, knew nothing about Jesus. So as we continue, I want to show you a video um, of the kids receiving Jesus under a mango tree in Africa. Oh, that, that's how we got water every day through a well. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then he rose again. So that all my sins can be forgiven. So that I can have eternal life again. So thank you again so much for your prayers and your support. <laughs> and one other thing we saw was the protection that God had for us. Because many times, you know, we didn't know the language. So um, we would go out to town. And a lot of times the people that conducted the trains, they just wanted your money. So they would just take us to a random part of town. Every time they did that, someone would be there to help us, that knew English, just out of the blue. <laughs> and every time we were in trouble, there was always some more, someone or something that would help us. When we didn't have food, um, a lot of times a stranger would come, give us a bag of bread and soda, 
And we'd be like, how did you know that we weren't eating? And so it was amazing the way God was faithful and the way he protected us, for sure. Yeah, and we just wanted to let you guys know that our, our plans are to stay here for uh, a little while. We'll be here for about two years, and then we're going to try to move back to Tanzania. So we'll be around. We'll be able to see your faces. So don't worry. We're still here. Um, but one thing you guys can do is pray for the nation of Tanzania. They're going through a lot of things where um, there's a lot of poverty there. There's a lot of sickness there. And they really need your prayers because your prayers make a difference. God hears your prayers when you pray. And uh, another thing is, is when they think of Jesus, they think of this person who's in heaven that has done all these things for them, but they don't have a personal relationship with him. So pray that they understand who Jesus is, that he wants to be personal with you, that he wants to know what you're going through. He wants to work on your behalf for everything. So just pray that they would understand that about Jesus. Thank you so much for all your support and all your prayers. We love you guys. Thank you, Pastor Eric. Pastor Heather, you guys are amazing. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. And uh, if you, if you, uh, I want to encourage you to get a good close-up look of Mickey's shoes. They're made out of car tires. Kind of cool. So, yeah. Thank you. Wasn't that awesome? Awesome. And if, and if you get an opportunity to take them to lunch... Whataburger probably would be a good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> and, and just sit and listen to their, to their stories. And uh, it really, really, I mean, that was just a little snapshot of their ministry there, five months. But uh, wow, God did some marvelous things um, there with Mickey and Jesse. And I'm, I'm just happy that they're part of our family. And they went, so did you. You know, you went with them. And so um, this is how we get the gospel out. And like I said, it's an, it's an unconstrainable love. It pulls us to tell about him wherever we go to. The scripture says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And when John saw, when, when John looked out over the crowd that was there that day in heaven, when God gave him that amazing revelation of it, he saw every tribe, every tongue, every nation people from all over the world showing us that his love is for all. Ah, amen. Verse 11 of Luke 2 says, for there is born to you, I love this, 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 this aspect of God, this part of God is, is the personal part. This is how God became personal to us. The angel said, to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. What a marvelous thought that was. This is unconventional love. It's not only unconstrainable, it's unconventional that God would come to us in this way. They would come and he would begin like us. This infinite God became an infant. He stepped down into our timeline and, and left all the glories and all the advantages of heaven and what it means to be God. And God became a man and dwelt among us. And he humbled himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. Not just to death itself, but to that agonizing crucifixion on a cross. That he would do that for us. And Jesus 
Even after he went through all of that for us, his death, burial, and resurrection, and the scripture says he ascended, the disciples watched him ascend up into heaven. And the scripture says he sat down at the right hand of God. And there is that, there is Jesus, still a man. He didn't, he didn't go back into some spirit, or he is still a man. That is to show us that he's in this deal forever with us. And the fact that that man is seated next to God Almighty, the creator of all things, that gives all men hope that I have somebody there representing me, somebody there that understands me. Um, somebody understands the weakness in my life. Somebody understands the trouble. Somebody understands the temptation in my life. He is touched with the very feelings of my infirmity, the scripture says, because he was tempted just like I was, yet he didn't sin. And so he can pray for me to the Father because he understands me. He understands what I'm going through. He understands my experience. Aren't you grateful today that your God is a very personal God in this way, and he so loved you that he knew you couldn't become like him, and so he became like you. And in so doing, you can become like him. There is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Thank God. Hallelujah. We don't just worship a God, we worship a man who is God. Glory to God. Unconventional though that he would come in this way that he didn't just I'm God. I love you. I mean, I would have scared everybody off, right? Showed up in all of his heavenly glory. I mean, when John saw God, think about it. He just had that revelation. When he saw God on his throne, the scripture says, John said, I became like a dead man. I mean, he fell on his face. And this guy, this is somebody who knew God, right? Walked with Jesus, but seeing him in that way is a frightening experience. So God came to meet us on our terms. He came as a baby. I love that. This is the sign that I'm here. This is the sign that good news has come. I'm coming to you like you came to earth as a baby. I'm going to start just like you start so I can experience life like you experience it. Thank God. This next verse, 13, I'm almost through. Luke 2, 13. For there, uh, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This last thought about his love. It's unconstrainable, it's unconventional, and it is unconditional. He didn't come to announce that we were sinners and that we needed a savior. He didn't come to announce here our failures and how rotten we were. So I guess I'm going to help you since you're so stupid and you can't stop screwing your life up. No, he, he came to show us who he is and what he brings. This is what separates God's love from everybody else's. This is what makes his love superior, that he loves us with no strings attached. Unconditional love. Whether you love him back or not does not change the fact that he still loves you. All are welcome into this love. And all are potential recipients of his love. And we receive his love by faith. 
by believing that Jesus died for our sins. You know, it's one thing to hear that Jesus died for the whole world. We can kind of get lost in that mix when you hear it like that, that his, he, he forgave, you know, that he, he died for the sins of the world. But when you say he died for my sins, because you know your sins, you know your failures, you know your thoughts, you know the things that you said and you wish you hadn't said, you know the things that you've done you wish you hadn't done. And when you think about that Jesus died for all of that, Wow. Now it really means something. Every time I've lied, every time I've cheated, every time I have wronged someone, he died for that. And if he died for that, then he forgave me for that. That's why it's not it doesn't do you any good. As a matter of fact, it works against you, and it really is, is, is doubting the love and the grace of God and the forgiveness of God in your life. To try to carry about some guilt and shame for the wrong you've done so that you feel responsible for what you've done. Yeah. We feel like if I, don't, you know, if, I, if I don't walk around and I feel bad, then, 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 then I'm, I'm making too light of this situation. Listen, you made too light of it when you sinned. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Let's just be honest here. Let, just let, because not only did he bear our, our sin, but he also bore our guilt and our shame too. He doesn't want you carrying any of that. See, the right thing to do is for you to say, Lord, thank you. Not only did you die for me, but you died for my guilt and shame too. So I'm not carrying any of that. He carried all of it, so you'd not carry any of it. Amen. It's like worrying too. Jesus says, don't worry. Well, if I don't worry, who's going to care? Some of you feel like if you don't worry about it, then you don't care. Yeah. Stop worrying. The scripture says to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. In other words, he cares for you and everything that has to do with your life and situation. For you to worry is to say, no, thanks, God, I got this. How's that working out for you? Hmm? Every time I tried to do what only he could do, that's when my life or my day or my situation got jacked up. I just have to accept what Jesus did and fully embrace that Christ is the one who died for me. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. All my trust is in him and in his gospel. Thank you, Lord. Hmm? That's what takes you to heaven. That's what gives you a new nature. That's what gives you new life. That's what gives you hope. Everything that Jesus did, that's what the gospel is. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again. That's it. I mean, it just, it, that is astounding news. God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what shows, proves to us that this is an unconditional love. He didn't just die for people who were looking for hope. He didn't die for people who were, who were saying, oh God, please visit us, help me, save me. That, that, no, he died for all. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, what's his name? Isaiah says it like this. All we were like sheep who have gone astray and gone unto our own way. We're scattered, we've gone astray. We're living life for ourselves and God laid on Jesus the iniquity of all of us. In other words, while we were living life for ourselves, doing whatever we wanted to, just vile passions, just whatever the flesh was desiring, God came and said, Jesus, all of this is your fault. And Jesus 
willingly took the blame. He laid on him the iniquity of all of us. Wow. By one man sent into the world, but there was another man who came. We know him as the last Adam. And by his one act of righteousness, many are made righteous. Many are made righteous. Yeah, Adam's sin affected all men. It sure did. So did Jesus. As a matter of fact, his affected us much more. Adam, Adam's sin was that the wages of sin is death. In other words, you get what you deserve. I mean, we all kind of understand that, right? You did the crime, you do the time. But what made Jesus affect so much more, so much different and better than Adam's was, was that Jesus came and said, you can't earn this. You can't work for this. This is not a product of you sowing and then reaping salvation. This is me giving it to you because I want to. This is me being good to you because I love you. And I'm here to love you. And I'm here to show mercy for you. And I'm here to give you grace. And I only have one caveat. There's only one, one way that this will affect your life is if you will believe it. That's it. That's it. See, this way God gets all the glory for what Jesus did. Jesus gets all the glory. Jesus gets the fame. Amen. He gets all the likes on Instagram. It's an un- unconditional love. Without merit. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Unconstrainable, unconventional, unconditional love. Now, they went about, the scripture says, they went abroad, made widely known what they experienced. The same thing that was told to them, they spread it everywhere. I want to encourage you, as I have been doing the last couple of weeks, to encourage you, don't be silent with this message. Remember what it did for you. Remember what it did for you and that there is a world. One last scripture here, which is Romans chapter 10 and verse 20. And God says that I was found by those. I was found by those who weren't seeking for me. I was made manifest to those who didn't ask for me. See, people were at work and they were just doing their jobs And then one day you got hired and you walked in and God was made manifest to him. Because when you came, light came. When you came, a good message came. When you came, love came. School started, class started, and then you walked in the door. And with you came love. With you came the presence of God. With you came grace. If you'll see your life, that it's Christ in me, hope of, the hope of glory, that wherever you go, he's going. And he's wanting to manifest himself to people who aren't looking for him. He's wanting to interrupt their day, their moment, their trouble, their work with his love. Because I believe that if people really get a clear picture of 
this kind of love, it will virtually be irresistible. Most of the time, unfortunately, what the world hears from Christians are rules. What they should do and shouldn't do. Remember, they can't help it. It's their nature. They need a new nature. And the only way to get that nature is to receive this love that changes us. Amen. Rearranges us. Makes us a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. Can we just stand for a moment and just thank him? Let's take a moment and thank him for his amazing love. Just lift up your voice and just, just tell him thank you. Just praise him for his goodness in your life. Praise him that you are where you are right now. Right now. Right now. Some of you should have been dead, but God protected you. God watched out for you. Amen. Some of you should be somewhere, could have been somewhere else. You could be in the hospital, but you're not. Aren't you glad you're not in the hospital right now? Huh? Aren't you glad you're not hung over somewhere? <laughs> Praise God. Right? You're here in the house of God. Aren't you glad you're not at your mother-in-law's house? Amen. You're here. <laughs> you're here in the house of God. You're here in this moment, and God loves you. And, he, and, and, and for the rest of your life, he wants to show you, as Paul said, what is the width, the depth, the height of his love, and what are the exceeding riches whew, of his grace toward us who believe. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he has forgiven us. Called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that right now, just say this with me, right now, I thank you, Lord, that all of my sins are forgiven and washed away. Thank you that I am loved by you. Thank you that your love found me. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Be bold. Be strong. Be courageous. The Lord is with you. Be bold with this message. Be strong with it. Be confident in him. Be confident in him, knowing that this message saves people. They'll simply believe, but they can't believe if they don't hear. That's why you're there in their life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, thank you now for your blessing upon all these that are here. Those that are listening by podcast, I thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon their lives. I speak peace over them, peace to their homes, to their families, to their marriages, to their children. I declare that all of their children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. Thank you, Lord, that your people are blessed of God. I thank you for the favor of God. You will bless the righteous and with favor you will surround them as with a shield, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that they, these are not those who, who worry about stuff, who walk in fear. No, the perfect love of God has cast out all fear. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that they are not caught up in failures, dear Lord. They don't identify with their weakness. They identify with the one who lives in them, who has made them holy and righteous by his goodness, by his grace, by his doing. Thank you, Lord. You were made right with God by his choice. 
<laughs> by his choice. He chose that. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.